I'm just going to read a devotion this morning because it's really, really good and I think really uh, impactful. It was written uh, two weeks ago, a week ago, a week and a half ago, um, but super pertinent for today. It's uh, an article called Coronavirus coming out of the crowd. And it's written by a fellow Wells pastor. His name is Jonathan Borman, and he's a pastor at Peace in Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, but this is the article written by him. It's called Coronavirus Coming Out of the Crowd. Uh, it references Matthew chapter 8, and so we're going to read selected verses from that before we begin. That's on uh, your worship guide if you'd like to follow around. This is Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Verse 14 When Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. This is the gospel of your Lord. And this is coronavirus uh, coming out of the crowd, an article written uh, by Pastor Jonathan Borman. He wrote this, I saw this headline that went something like this, Girl Shunned in Italy. A girl from Hong Kong is the face of coronavirus there. She has been shunned. She helped me make a connection that perhaps I needed to make. There are some similarities between how we are treating coronavirus and how biblical people treated leprosy. Think about it. There are leper colonies. Wuhan, anyone? What part of the advice is that you give if you get coronavirus? It's quarantine yourself. In other words, create your own leper colony. By the way, none of this is a critique of that. It's no doubt necessarily merely making an observation. There are other similarities too, like fear, morbidity, and contagion. I could go on, I won't, you get the point. It brings new meaning to that scene in Matthew 8 where Jesus touched the leper. We don't even want to be in the same country as coronavirus, do we? Yet Jesus touches this. All this brings me to this point. I want to help you approach coronavirus spiritually. Scientists and doctors, who I thank God for, will help you approach it with your body. They have a calling for that. I have a calling to do it with the former. God would have us approach the sickness with spiritual eyes. He's been helping Christians do that for millennia now. In the Old Testament, disease made a Christian ritually unclean. Why? God was touching us the spirituality of the illness. You cannot boil sickness down to mere science. It's not just a virus or a bacteria or a group of cells gone rogue in the body that we call cancer. Disease has a spiritual cause, sin, and it has a spiritual consequence, death. 
And no matter what the lethalness of coronavirus is, it's essential to remember that every sickness is merely death on the way. It's this kind of spiritual friction that illness deserves. Let coronavirus prompt you to ask this. Why is this planet so broken? Then let coronavirus affirm for you, wow, and this world and myself do need God. There's a profound grace in that. I'm always moved in Matthew chapter 8 when I see the leper come out of the crowd. Why? It reminds me of one of the literary moves that Matthew is making there. There are large crowds following Jesus there, but only one guy comes out of the crowd to be touched by Jesus. Think about that. There were hordes there, likely with bum knees and sniffling noses and sore throats who didn't come to Jesus, but the leper did. Sickness, adequately understood, brings you spiritually out of the crowd to Jesus. Do you know what I am about to say? Come out of the crowd today. Don't just watch the news, crunch the stats, wash your hands for 20 seconds, and keep your eye on the people around you for symptoms. You can imagine how many people were clearing a path for that leper, can't you? Don't be a bystander. Come out of the crowd, sick or not. Do you know what you'll find when you do that? You'll find Jesus. Jesus is willing. Everybody else will put on their latex and their mask and step away, but Jesus will move in. He's willing. He still touches leprosy today. There's a little verse in Matthew that I think we, with our modern medicine, typically underappreciate. I believe this present moment might enlighten this verse a little bit more. It's a verse that tells you why Jesus can touch us. It's Matthew 8, verse 17. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. It's that verse I want to leave you with today. You know why? It tells you something incredibly important about Jesus. There is a sense in which Jesus did more than take up our sins. According to Matthew, he also took up and bore our infirmities and diseases. And I might add, coronavirus. Work this out theologically with me for just a second. The great church father Gregory said this, what has not been assumed by Jesus has not been redeemed. Think about what he's saying there. If Jesus didn't take up our sins, they have not been paid for. If Jesus didn't carry our diseases, they haven't been defeated. But Matthew's saying that Jesus did bore and did assume our diseases. How so? I'm not saying, and Matthew's not saying either, that when Jesus touched the leper, he got leprosy. There's no indication of that from Matthew. What Matthew is nevertheless explaining is why Christ could heal people. Christ could heal and roll back the effects of sin because he himself wore the consequences of sin. Did Jesus get the flu in his life? Perhaps. Did he catch a cold? Perhaps. Do you know what else this tells you? This little line from Matthew is a statement he grabs from Isaiah 53, which is the great prophecy of God's great suffering servant who suffers, dies, and rises for the people. Healing us cost Jesus, God's great servant, more than a fever. Healing us ultimately cost Jesus ultimately. He lost his life. 
Dear Christians, perhaps I write half-baked. You decide. I do know why I write. I write to tell you that we have nothing to fear. And for the record, that's not me being in denial. I promise you that. I realize I could get sick. 2020 has been rough at our house. Perhaps it has been at yours. I'm not in denial. I am, however, in hope. Can I call on you for that? Come what may, let's show the world what it means to hope. Let's show the world what it means to believe in Jesus. I do think that this is a fantastic time to give our witness. I do not say that like a politician who never wastes a good crisis. I mean it like a Christian who is grieving the loss and the death around coronavirus. And yet, a Christian who is interceding with God for the sick and is personally prepared to love and serve the sick the best I can, whatever that shall mean. Let's hope. Let's hope in front of the world. Let's salt our conversation and thoughts with hope. Why? Because Jesus touches all of us, lepers, and he touches all of us baptismally. This is me coming out of the crowd and bringing our coronavirus to Jesus. This is me asking you to come with me. It is not we who should be afraid. Coronavirus should be afraid. The cure is coming. When Jesus comes the final time, sickness itself will get sick and die forever. So Christian, rise from your fears, even as one day soon you will rise from the dead in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.